0: angelina one of your co-hosts newcomer to all things yona and we inch ever and ever so closer to the chapter that ends my ban on uh reading ahead which i'm very excited about true and i am joined by the lady who placed that ban upon reading (laughs) ahead yeah that's me
1: i'm alex uh i have read ahead and thus the ban but um yeah, we're almost through it. I'm so excited, dude. <laughs> yeah. Also, I asked, okay, so our friend Press has agreed to come back, and I asked him to read chapters 101 to 103, and there's like a an OVA attached to that one, so we finally get to watch more stuff, which I'm excited about. And so he texted me a couple days ago, and he was like, I gotta read the whole thing now. <laughs> And I was like, oh, that's so exciting. I'm so glad you liked it. So I think you really enjoyed it. I love that. Yeah. So um, I'm really excited to get into the next few weeks because I think it's going to be really fun.
0: Yeah, it's kind of hard to describe to people. It was like a week or so ago, Alex and I were having a virtual brunch with our other out of town friends. And I was trying to describe the plot of Yona to our friend Tony, Celine's uh, now husband, uh, Celine, friend of the pod. And I was just like, as I was doing it, I was like, this sounds like lame at best or lame at worst and like crazy at best. And then I was like, I swear it's good, though. (laughs)
1: Right? There's no way to explain the dragons without sounding really dorky. But, like, it works in the series. It's very cool. Yeah. I don't know how Kuznagi does it, but she pulled it off. She pulled it off. Okay. But instead of looking ahead, we do have some good stuff in these chapters. So let's start with chapter 96, Black Cloud. We pick back up where we left off. Geisha's down with a raging fever, so Calgan offers. By the way, I was editing last week's podcast, and I am so inconsistent with how I say his name. It's either Calgan or Calgon, and I cannot decide. Like my, the way my mouth forms vowels has just decided that it doesn't matter, <laughs> and I just cannot figure out how to pronounce this a. So. Sorry,
0: I was on I think it was Twitter the other day and there was somebody who writes her A's inconsistently like like she she wrote it like a little note and like there were like three different versions of an A like she did the one that has like the little extra line over it. She did like a, another one and then I think there was like a third. Uh, and she was like, yeah, I don't know why I'm like this. So you're like that, but with bells.
1: <laughs> and verbally. I guess. That is so wild, though. How do you write something differently? That's yeah, like muscle. And well, it's like just the A, really.
0: Everything else she's pretty consistent about. But she's like, yeah, I don't think about it. It's just I looked over it again. And I was like, oh, why do I have different A's? <laughs> yeah, all right. Back to the chapter. And we've got Gija, Pillowed Head, and G has lap again. The shipping is strong for these two. I'm into it.
1: Yeah, I'm glad that you are into it. <laughs> uh, his, okay, so Cal uh, Calgan takes them back to his family and he's like yeah my parents will take you in because you guys were really nice to me his parents are like what the fuck you ran off and now you bring back these giant terrifying men (laughs) i think it's hawk who says yeah this makes sense or something like that (laughs) exactly because he she refers to as this
0: suspicious lot and he's just like yeah that's fair (laughs) yeah
1: they know what they are but Gija is very sick, so they kind of have to deal and his Kalgon's uh, parents are nice, so they let them in. Also, <laughs> I think I am getting older because I saw Calgon's dad, and I was like, now there's a man. I don't Brandy. care for mustaches, but oh boy, he uh, he looks older, and I really appreciated that. Now, he looked a little too old for me. Oh uh, yeah, but I do like that. <laughs> Yeah. I love an old man.
0: <laughs> sometimes I, I think I've mentioned this podcast on our pod before, but sometimes I listen to Secret Keepers Club by Carly Aquilino, and one of like the running gags almost is what she just ta- dis- when she describes what she wants in a man, it's always something like oddly specific. But one of them was that she wants like a super She wants an eighty-year-old man. Like that's <laughs> like her dream man. is
1: like eighty years old. Okay, now I think that's a. Little too yeah. old for me <laughs> but i mean i feel like Calgan's dad's probably in his like 40s at most and i'm cool with that oh see i was thinking 50s 60s but are you what <laughs> that is not a man in his 50s or
0: 60s I think it's the stash making him look older whatever i don't know i can't judge faces <laughs>
1: <laughs> i'm like i don't know why i'm so upset i'm like ready to throw down about this man i've just Dude, met old. yesterday i was
0: like he had a child late <laughs>
1: okay okay relax he's hot
0: <laughs> okay to each their own
1: I love that. We like basically never agree. I think Gente is the only one that we can agree only on. The guy that we're like, yeah. Well, and I and think Hawk.
0: I, and, and I do think human owl is attractive. I'm just not as into him as you are. That's fair. Speaking of ridiculous things, I love the ongoing chat and Kusanagi's sidebar over how Hawk would carry
1: both Gija and the glaive. Yes. So delightful. It is absolutely delightful. I love all the times that Kuznagi has to, like, figure out ways to work around the ridiculousness of the manga itself. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so Hot Dad sets them up at the room. Yun takes care of Gisha. They chat about the village that they're in, Kin, in Kin province. And Kin used to be part of Koka under King Junam before the war. Also Ao Al is really adorable in this scene. She's offering Gija a peanut because he's sick and she wants him to get better. Yeah,
0: and then she does that again with Jiha either I think next chapter. but yeah, mm-hmm. it's that thing again. It's like oh, you're in distress. Food will make it better.
1: Yeah, she does it <laughs> multiple times. I'm pretty sure she does it to both of the- yeah, she does it to both of them like more than once. Yeah she's so cute. Terrifying but cute. terrifying but cute. Right, so then Kalkan's dad explains that Ken keeps getting shuffled between Kai and Koka, and it doesn't really matter what country they belong to at the moment because it could change at any day. One of the major narrative threads of this series is power: who has it, how do you take it if you don't get it, if you don't have it, and so on. And this little section, retreads a familiar topic that regular people will always bear the weight of the decisions of the people in power. The threat of war is looming, but Calgan's dad says that all they can do is wait and hope everything blows over quickly. But I feel like this, even though it does retread this old idea, this is like the first guy that we've seen and become a prominent character, at least Kagan is, who doesn't have any sort of path to power.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, like, the first one, it was in the fire tribe, but then we hooked up pretty quickly with Tejun, and he's Mm. the one that got everything rolling. And then in the water tribe, it was basically all Lily all the time, and obviously she had power, too. Like, she has also the direct line to the general and the chief of the water tribe. So here, these are truly just normal people. Like, they have literally no power and no way to get it, and so their only recourse of action is to hunker down and wait it out. And I feel like that's... It's relatable to most of us, mm-hmm. and it sucks because a lot of people in power do not handle it very well. Okay, next we s- we check in with Suwan. Speaking of people with power, South Kai is claiming that the same thing that Koka is, which is that it had nothing to do with the de- the attack on Water Tribe, and that they won't give up Kin as reparations.
0: I love their defenses. I don't know her. Like- <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> like, uh, I don't understand it, and I won't respond to your claims, and we Yeah, you all are full of shit, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, they do kind of have their hands full with the uh, Northern Kai tribes, and it would make me nervous if people... <laughs> People were directly attacking me, and somebody else was like, Hey, you know, we're going to attack you, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> I think I'd be like, Okay, I don't have time for you. <laughs> <Please calm down." laughs> Since war is on the horizon, Suwon is kind enough to walk the audience through what all of the generals have covered in the country. Okay, so the Water Tribe is defending the southern border against any more fleets from Kai, as well as the border between Koka and Sei. The Wind Tribe has the northeast border with. Okay, well, uh, my phone auto-corrected it to Kia instead of Kai. It's not <laughs> Kia. Uh, and the southeast border with Xing. Fire Tribe has sent one unit to help the wind tribe defend the northeast and has but has sent most of their tribes along with the sky and earth tribes to prepare to invade Kin. This section ends with Suan saying before King Il's ascension, that area was ruled by my father, Yuhan. No matter what anyone says, Coco will reclaim what belongs to it by right.
0: So it's personal.
1: It's personal. My comment on this section is daddy issues, our old friend.
0: Yes, gotta love it. I also like the bit where Kishuk questions whether or not they should have Kyoga on the front lines yet. And Suwon, again, just really knows people really well and how they think Because he's like, no, he's going to be desperate to prove himself. So he's going to be better than we would expect. Although, as we pointed out before, his weakness in understanding people is Yona. (laughs) True. Or chooses not to get.
1: Right. So back with, uh, speaking of Yona, we go back with her and the group. Something is wrong with Gija, but you can't figure it out. The way Jiha ushers Yona out of the room is actually really sweet yona doesn't want to leave because she's worried about geisha but she's also worried about kin and jiha knows it so he knows he can kind of use it against her um to be like hey you want to go check this out right you should go do that and then hawk like can read a room so he's like okay yeah let's go um and i just i like that there's just like clear trust between all these people like everybody knows what everybody's doing But they're all going to do it anyway, because they're like, okay, well, I trust that you have a reason for this. So, and he does have a reason for it. It's very sad, uh, because this is the scene that we learn that the dragons have short lives. Jiha basically makes Yona leave so that he can ask Isha, do you think another white dragon has been born and therefore you are dying? Gija says no he doesn't feel like that's it but it doesn't matter because he says i'm prepared to give my life for my master at any time
0: and then of course jiha who loves his freedom is like oh yeah of course (laughs) of course you would say that um oh i will say backing up a little bit Gija punching jiha out just to like show yona that he's fine fucking sent me Yeah. Oh, I love these dumb boys.
1: (laughs) So dumb. Yeah, Yeah, they do love to rough house.
0: This was kind of a shock to me, though, I guess. Well, or I guess it wasn't new to me that they were short lived because we had seen that before. But I guess I assumed and correct me if they hadn't implied this and that I just assumed so. But I had assumed the short livedness would stop once they found the Red Dragon King.
1: Oh, I'm kind of surprised that you realized they were short-lived, because I didn't when I was reading this the first time.
0: Yeah, just because their predecessors that we have seen thus far weren't terribly old. Right. So I was like, okay, so that's the thing, they they won't live very long. Hmm. But my my thought was until they find the Red Dragon King. So I thought they were all just dying because they weren't the right dragon. Mm -hmm. So this implies that they maybe still have the threat of dying young, which I did not expect.
1: This does imply that, and I will say that it has been neither proven nor disproven, so there is the potential that they could all still die young, but I am of the belief that you are, that because they found the red dragon, things are, or potentially... (laughs) <laughs> it still hasn't been admitted, <laughs> confirmed, or denied that Yona is the Second Coming. Of okay,
0: dragon it would Jesus. be wild if she wasn't. Just like in the same <laughs> way, it would be wild if Zeno wasn't the Yellow Dragon. It would be wild,
1: absolutely insane, if she was just like not who they were looking for. Yeah, they—they
0: they all just really liked her <laughs> well, <the laughs> follower. Uh, but yeah I hope they don't die if we reach the end of this story and all the dragons are like we've fulfilled our purpose we will peace out via death now mm-hmm. I will be very upset
1: <laughs> um not exactly spoilers but I do want one of them to die
0: that makes sense because I have a theory
1: <gasps> ooh okay
0: and that would be in line with my theory
1: Okay, you should tell me after, because you might be right. <laughs> I know. Okay, yes, so they are all sad. Um, actually, they're all pretty cool with it. Yoon is fucking sad. He's like, you're all going to die? And they're like, no, don't worry, kid, it's fine. So then Yoon makes them promise to live as long as they can, and we see Jiha and Gija smile softly at him while Yun, <laughs> while Shina gives Yoon his usual stare. Jiha then tells Yoon not to tell Yona what they talked about, and we see Xeno smiling softly. He is the odd man out in at least two of the three chapters. He's always sort of separated from the other three, and he is very clearly separated right now. He's, like, outside looking in. Okay, so later, Yona tries to sneak back in to visit Gija. She hopes he'll get better soon so they can go home, which I only point out because I think it's adorable that she's like, oh, I want us all to go home together and go mm-hmm. home, even though they don't have a home because they're, they're all technically homeless. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so before she can enter the house, Gija intercepts her, or sorry, Jiha intercepts her with a hug. Except the hug is a fake out, and he passes out too. And that's the end of chapter 96. It's a decent setup, more Dragon Brotherhood lore revealed, and also Jiha is also dying again. So Jiha and Gija are just, like, always the ones
0: <laughs> I keep randomly this past week thinking of that comment you told me about. <laughs> <laughs> what's happening this time, viral? <laughs>
1: I know if that person ever listens thank you you have amused us so much
0: (laughs) this was uh, when I saw the hug I was like oh that's really sweet I thought it was just the like talk of death made Jiha like oddly emotional and he just wanted to like hug Yona and be like I'm glad we're all here and then it was revealed that he was sick and I was like oh I do love Hawk briefly looking pissed off for a second like are you trying something (laughs) And then, of course, she collapses.
1: Yeah, I also really like Hawk's face journey. He's like surprised, and then he's like, "Why am I surprised by this?" Of course, he's making a move for no yeah. reason. <laughs> Uh, speaking of enjoying Hawk and Jiha's dynamic the beginning of chapter 97 really made me laugh oh it's so funny (laughs) so good he keeps like shoving his glaive at Jiha and he's like hey are you dead yet (laughs) the thing that made me laugh really hard was Jiha asking uh, if Hawk is being rough with him and Hawk going have I ever been gentle with with you
0: you? yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's
1: so good uh, okay, wait, sorry. So go back. Chapter 97 is called Searching for Answers. Did we have anything from Chapter 96 before we go on? Nope. Cool. Okay, so uh, yes. Confirmation. Turns out Jiha has caught whatever illness Gisha has, and they're both down for the count. Calgon's dad tells them to get the fuck out before they spread whatever they have to the rest of the village, and Yona and the boys are like, yeah, that's fair. We get it. Xeno <laughs> helps Jiha out. Jihas says thanks, but Zeno shouldn't get too close. To which Zeno replies, Zeno will be fine. Gija tries to tell Shina the same thing, but Shina says that he sees horses and soldiers in the distance, so they can't, like, have their conversation anymore, and they also can't go anywhere. Because there's a battle going on. Yona learns of Koka's invasion as Shina goes down with the same illness the other two have. And this makes three of the four dragons sick. <laughs> Again, Zeno is the only one left out. Next to check in on the front lines, Suwon, Gunte, Judo, and a rich boy Kyoga are all there.
0: Yes. I also laughed at this panel, too, when Kyoga's getting salty about Gunte uh, calling him a rich boy. And he's like, don't call me a rich boy. And Kyoga's shocked face when Gunte refuses to acquiesce to that request just, like, perfectly shows that he is, in fact, a spoiled little rich boy. (laughs) 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 <laughs> like you just assumed because you said hey don't call me that that your order is going to be followed but not dude, with the bunch of rowdy men dude they're going they've smelled out your weakness and now they're <laughs> going to like fuck with you but yeah just the genuine it's like a no eyes shock face that uh kyoga has as gunte laughs and says sounds good rich boy <laughs> Like he's, he's the surprise pikachu meme <laughs>
1: Um, I don't know if this comes before or after that, but I really loved the line that Suwon says. He goes, are you ready, my generals? Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but I just love the like casual possessiveness of it. Mm. And I think he's a good leader. And then my notes end with, I think I have some issues. <laughs> <laughs> but I was really into it. I-, I liked it. Also, things I like about this section is... <laughs> See, I'm trying to turn Judo into a cat lady. Yes! I laughed
0: really hard about that. And I put in my notes, if somebody hasn't already, please someone write the fic of them gifting Judo a cat and him <gasps> just having to deal with it. <laughs> yes! please do because gosh you know he's gonna like, god damn it another thing to watch over and keep track of but <laughs> he's gonna be super obsessive about it just like he is with all his other duties
1: that's true also it would
0: work with war i know i've seen that post multiple times about like, like navies would have um like barrett cats and they'd get their own like little hammocks on the mm-hmm. boat it's super cute so yeah they could have a little war cat i'm just saying somebody write it for me also what made me laugh is once more Gunte is being like oh it's cuz you don't have anybody do you want me to find somebody for you and i swear Gunte looks oddly down to fuck <laughs> I was like you know he, was, he would fully be ready to be like hey you know and i are down for a third like <laughs> oh my god to continue.
1: You've cracked it. That's why he keeps bringing it up. He's like, I want you in our bed. And Judah (laughs) is thick and he doesn't get it.
0: (laughs) I'm just saying. I've connected the dots.
1: You've connected the dots. (laughs) Oh my god. I love that. Okay, so we don't actually see the battle, but it is quick and decisive. It only takes a couple days. And Coca is victorious. Ken now belongs to Coca again. Suwon thinks, I've fortified the defenses of Cocos' northwestern region. The Treaty of the Sen is being upheld. My people don't need to fear pressure from Kai. All that's left is dot dot dot. I have no idea what this means. I can think of, like, three separate things that this could possibly be referring to, so we're gonna discover this together. Huh. I mean, we're only in chapter 97 of, like, 200. A lot of shit goes down eventually. (laughs) But no idea what Suwon well, right now, is. Right now, for some reason, like, I only have one more goal. Yeah, he's like we got one more goal. I don't know what that is, babe, but like, let's go. We'll see. I have. Mm, I was gonna say I would have to assume it's North Kai, but they already kind of covered that because Sin is being held. But they have the like northern troops that are sort of a threat to. That's what South Kai is dealing with. So that's what I assume. But I don't know. We'll see. Okay, so uh, after these few days and the battle is over, we check back in with Neona and her group. And the dragons are not doing any better. They are still very sick. Uh, Still except for Zeno, who never caught what they have. He explains when the dragon warriors use too much energy at once, they're easily exhausted. They just need to rest up. And then he says as the yellow dragon, Zeno's only special strength is resilience. So that's why he's fine. And they're not. And he'll take care of them until they're better. Yeah, you're a sweet boy. Yuna's like, I have no idea what to do with you, but okay. <laughs> I just love that he's like, I don't know what to do, and Zeno's being fucking weird, so like, sure, go for it. <laughs> also, Zeno is my boy. He's the best, and I love him. Okay, ooh, and then we get a Hawk and Yona conversation. This is a good one. Alright, so Yona and Hawk uh, go into her tent, she says that she wonders if Suwan attacked because of what they did in the Water Tribe, and Hawk says, no, I'd guess that reclaiming Ken Province was always on his agenda. He gets Gente on his side by reclaiming the Lost Earth Tribe territory and boosts everyone's morale. The battle was never, the o- never only about expanding Koka's border. Yona says, you understand how Suwan thinks, don't you? To which Hawk says, no, I don't, and I don't want to defensive he is defensive yeah and i get it though because
0: i'm sure it does look bad to him to understand somebody that he has deemed the worst person ever Mm -hmm. like what does it say about me exactly if i can fully understand this person's mind and their motives and all of that that's something i'm playing with in one of my um original fics as you
1: well know I know and I love it and I love it here too because it is it's a running thing with him um, it, we see it here and then also back in chapter 43 Guisha asked uh, Hawk point blank if he knew what Suwan was like and Hawk says couldn't say and he like refused and shut mm-hmm. down and like left the conversation so he yeah he does not want to know and it breaks him that he does know because he clearly mm-hmm. does like it's obvious he does and yeah. yona points it out she's like you do know him really well and yeah like, but he doesn't want to oh it's so angsty it is perfect and he doesn't even
0: need the angst because it's it doesn't say anything bad about him like yona doesn't hold it against him. she's just
1: like oh you really understand him yeah of course
0: and he's like freaking out about it
1: yeah i also think it's a little bit that like if he admits that he does understand Suwon, then he can't be in denial anymore and it's going to open that door to be like okay if i get the rest of him then i have to figure out why he did what he did to yeah and that's the other thing too it must hurt to be like how could have i gotten it so wrong
0: yeah and not expected you know what he did also that Mm mm-hmm I also love Yona immediately kind of contemplating how things would have been if her father had been less of a pacifist, you know, the world where Suwon and Hock might be in battle together. And she's like, and I just, you know, would
1: have been the same careless princess. Mm-hmm. Speaking of that section, did you notice the artwork as she thinks about this stuff? Because I think it's super interesting. Uh, she imagines her father lying dead when she thinks about him. She imagines Hawk and Suwon side by side on the front lines when she thinks about them in battle together, and nothing at all when she thinks of herself staying at the palace, almost as if she can't imagine it. I did not notice that. That is really interesting. It ruled. It was such a cool panel. It's a good panel. Also... It's not incredibly clear in the earlier panels, but it kind of looks like Suwan is to the far left of the group of five generals. Uh, Well, you know, the generals that were available to show up. I I don't think Teo's there. But then in Yona's daydream, Hawk is to Suan's left. Mm -hmm. So it's like Hawk has this special place at Suan's side that like no one else can take.
0: Mm hmm and then we immediately transition to hawk explaining to yona that her father's sins aren't her own
1: mm-hmm. which i
0: think is a really important message i think a lot of times people sort of feel responsible um for what their loved ones did and they don't have to but mm-hmm. i do like yona is just honestly like a good person to be like well even if i didn't have that guilt like this is still something i want to do like at that point it's like you know
1: do it for you yeah I was thinking about that, too, because this is sort of like, this is another big narrative shift. One that we talked about earlier was on the uh, the cliffs when she was looking for the Chansu plant. Mm-hmm. And I, I noticed that a lot of the decisions before that point had been made for her. And that was the moment she sort of like stuck to her courage and was like, OK, no, this is what I have to do for myself. And so from that point on, she started making active decisions. Mm-hmm. And here... There is a little bit of a shift as well, because she's sort of just been thrown into situations where uh, she has to fix things. So, like, she just kind of stumbled upon the issues in the fire tribe and decided to stick around and help. And this same exact thing happened to the water tribe. She um, got drugged and she was like, OK, that's why I have to take care of things now. But here war hasn't super reached them yet (laughs) they all just sort of like hunkered down and waited for it to be over and uh now it is but she's still like this isn't right this kind of sucks i think i might want to do something about it so Mm. this is one of i think it might be one of or the first yeah it's not the first but it's one of the first situations where like she's making an active choice to be like Nobody's forcing me to look into this, but this is something that bothers me, and I think I might want to fix it. Yeah. For her own reasons, which is very cool. Also, I like that this kind of marks a maturity for Hawk, because back in the beginning, he really struggled with any bad words against King Eel.
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, now he is admitting he, both he and Yona are admitting out loud like he made mistakes and Hawk is like, you don't have to fix those for him. Mm-hmm. They can just be you can be your own person. It's a really good moment for both of them. All right. So I think I've already said this, but Yona says to the people, the real enemy is war. Even if Suwon is good for Koka, oh god, that was also really heartbreaking. She like really had to force herself to say even if Suwon is good for Koka because he mm-hmm. is and she sees it. But like he, she, ugh, it's so complicated. I live for this. Uh, yeah. So even if Suwon is good for Koka, he's still going into battle left and right, and of course Kai is as well. So like they kind of have to but it still sucks therefore she doesn't really like what either side are doing which leaves her in the middle just like kin province i thought that was fun back in the other tent Zeno tells the other three dragons that they're sick because they're too far away from hear you palace i will finally move on from saying crimson dragon palace because we get a little more into the lore and i don't want to say crimson dragon every time so hear you According to him, the palace is powerfully be- blessed by the dragon gods, too far away from the palace's protection, and they all drop like flies because their disease tolerance is shot. Okay, new conspiracy theory. Instead of Zeno not being the yellow dragon, he's poisoning them all to keep them sick because he's no. sick and twisted.
0: He's got Thousands of my proxy.
1: <laughs> yep. I mean, look at this scene and tell me he doesn't look (laughs) wild, just, like, smiling at them all, like, deathly ill. Like, all you guys. (laughs) Like, Zeno, what are you doing? I know it's because he loves them, but... Okay, so then Keisha says, you know a surprising amount about our natures. Did you learn it back in the Yellow Dragon Village? And Zeno doesn't answer, so he just says, "There's something familiar about you," and that's when Zeno's like, oh, "That's nice. Okay, time for sleep. Bye, bye." <laughs> <laughs> Once they're all out again, Zeno thinks, "I'm the reject of the four dragons, but I will absolutely protect you all." Very sad thought. Think of yourself as the
0: reject. Yeah, Zeno's fucking tragic, dude. <laughs> yeah. Also, this is where I think I connected the dots. Yeah, I think Zeno is immortal. And he's just been the yellow dragon. Okay. And my thoughts are, first of all, the thing that I called out a few weeks ago, I was like, it's so ridiculous that he calls them all lad and young lady when he's super young. Well, what if he's actually really old and that's why he called them all this. And then also it makes sense if his power is, you know, a resilient body or whatever, so that that body cannot decay or age. And then him getting suspicious or being suspicious here where Geisha's like, you look familiar. I was like, okay, could he just be the dragon that's forced to live on? Because he's the one passing down this knowledge. necessarily?" So maybe he visited Geisha's journey or village in the past and, you know, gave his knowledge or something like that. So I think that Zeno is
1: immortal. I guess we will see. It's been a while since you predicted anything. Well, amazing. this seemed like blaring light.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. Well, so if I'm wrong, I, hats off to Kusanagi. because she- <laughs>
1: <laughs> Okay, so last little bit of this chapter is, you know, going outside looking at dark, ominous clouds and saying the battle is over, but something bad is on its way. I love that he says this out loud. He does not think it. No one's around. <laughs> He's not talking to anyone. Yeah, he
0: senses a disturbance in the forest.
1: He senses a disturbance. All right, our last chapter of this episode, chapter 98, run away. First, we're dropped into battle on the Kai side. There are just a ton of dead bodies, both human and equine, and many more that are injured. One man is very upset and vows vengeance. If Coco wants kin, he'll burn the land to the ground before Coca can have it. Yep, just created a villain. Yep. That <laughs> dies very quickly. And also, this is just a thing with Kai, because we saw it in the Fire Tribe, too. When when Hazaro was leaving, he was just like, fuck everyone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Tried to burn everything to the ground. <laughs> Gotta admire it. Back with Yona, Kalgon assumes the dragons caught his flu. He can't tell anyone because they will assume the dragons got him in- sick instead of the other way around. So he sneaks off to the next village over to like get medicine. I actually think this works really well. It's perfectly sound reasoning to get him into trouble so that, like, mm-hmm. plot can happen.
0: Yeah. You didn't have to engineer some ridiculous situation for it to happen.
1: No. Yeah. It's not ridiculous. And also, like, he's 13. Of course, he's going to be stupid and be like, yeah, they'll blame them. And then I'll get my friends in trouble. I have to do this alone. I'm like, fucking 13. Like, don't go anywhere alone. Yeah. Okay, so he gets the medicine, no problem, but before he can run back, he encounters the unhappy man from the beginning of the chapter. He gathered troops, the unhappy man gathered troops, and is going from village to village, making sure they don't leave anything for Koka. The nice man at the apothecary tells Kal'Gon to make a run for it, and we almost definitely hear him die. He's pretty fucking bleak. That's so sad. Oh, also, speaking of dark... There's a guy who walks out and he's like, what the fuck are you doing? We are Kai citizens. And the guy immediately stabs him. Yeah. He ruled. Oh, it was so cool. I loved it. Anyway, Calgon runs home, but is pursued by the Kai soldiers. Yona sees this and, and immediately, oh, sorry, just one soldier. Whatever. Uh, Yona immediately sees this and immediately shoots the soldier to protect Calgon. More soldiers show up, and we have now seen Yona kill, or they have now seen Yona kill one of their own, so they're out for blood. I love badass Yona.
0: I love every <laughs> opportunity to see badass Yona.
1: Love it every time.
0: Also, the side panel is still continuing the conversation over how Hawk would carry both his clave and Giza, and these are the most <laughs> ridiculous ones yet.
1: <laughs> is that one where he like carries it between his knees? Yes, one where he's
0: carrying Gijia between his knees and holding his glaive, and then one where he's just holding his glaive and Gija's riding it like a witch on a broom.
1: <laughs> it is an interesting problem. I think the only way that it could work is the one where it's beneath his thighs and Huck is yeah, carrying it and hes sitting one, on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a nice bit of levity in the side with all the scary shit happening. But also, why couldn't he just have... Oh, just sick at the moment. Never mind. I was going to say, why can't Gisha just carry it? He's got a big-ass hand. Never mind. The soldiers are after Yona, except they don't know that if someone's gunning for Yona, they're going to have to go through Hawk first. Hawk takes them down, but it doesn't matter because many, many more soldiers are on the way. Yona's thoughts really drive home the fact that war is hardest on regular people. So that's, like, the takeaway from this section. Hawk tells Yona to get Yun, Zeno, and the Dying Idiots and run away. I'll deal with this which is a perfect Hawk line. They argue because she wants to stay and help, and he tells her she'd just be in the way. She starts tearing up, and he says, please don't cry, and she says, I'd never cry over anything you say. I love it. Again, that old dynamic. (laughs) Mm -hmm. She
0: can't be vulnerable in front of Hawk, and especially not because he himself made her vulnerable.
1: Exactly. And also, I love when characters blatantly lie. (laughs) and so when somebody's crying they're like i'm not crying of course i'm not <laughs> i live for it i this is one of those moments that i like sticks in my mind this is one of my favorite moments <laughs> just i think it's so funny it's so good yeah uh,
0: one time speaking of people blatantly lying one time my cousin andrew called me drunk and started crying at one point and one of the things he told me was that he was not crying. His eyes were watering without his consent. <laughs> <laughs> and I think about that sometimes.
1: That is a perfect way to describe it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So she she's crying. He says, don't. Uh, and then Hawk kisses her cheek and says, I'm sorry. Forgive me just for now. Such a cute moment. This
0: was... Um, the two posts that i had put on twitter one of them was of course yoon's cute moment of not wanting the strange beast to die and then the other one was this one because this was so hot to me and i said it's probably because it's the fantasy of a man apologizing immediately and sincerely but this to me is more hot than if they started boning right here
1: Where? There is a lot of yearning involved here. Yes, just him
0: taking her whole face in his hands. It's not even a full kiss. It's just like a little comforting
1: cheek kiss. Mm -hmm. I also noted him cupping her cheeks in his hands. It always looks so good. Yes, and then basically whispering, I'm sorry,
0: in her ear or saying it directly to her ear. Mm -hmm. So I get why she's like, oh.
1: (laughs) You know, okay, so... I couldn't decide if this was him apologizing for making her cry or if it was him apologizing for kissing her because the last time he kissed her cheek, he said, I'm sorry, I promised I wouldn't tease you like that anymore. So I thought maybe this was a callback to that, to be like, hey, I'm sorry, just one more. Works for me. <laughs> okay. Maybe it's both. Okay, no, lost us, my philosophy and all things. Okay. <laughs> he tells her that she has to get on to safety, and she is not happy about it, but she does it. This leaves Hawk alone against the whole troop of really angry dudes. Once more, overpowered Hawk. Yep. Although he does do some
0: cool shit. Him flipping onto that horse, badass.
1: So fucking cool. Agree. Uh, yeah, so he his goal at the moment is to keep everyone focused on him so that all of his friends have time to escape. Meanwhile, Yona is not on with this plan. She's not down with this plan. Uh she makes it back to pass along information. She hands Calgon off to Zeno and tells them to warn the other villagers to evacuate and then tells Yun to get the dragons out. She's gonna go back because Hawk is alone and she's like, absolutely fucking not. Like everybody has somebody. I gotta be there for Hawk.
0: Yeah. Also Al is once more <laughs> Al is once more trying to feed an
1: acorn, this time to Sheena. <laughs> the best running joke i love She's just
0: darting around like i promise you will feel better if you eat
1: <laughs> and i love that she has no concept of what humans can eat because she always tries to feed someone an acorn yeah okay so yeah everybody's handled uh yona's going back yoon <laughs> <laughs> Yoon sees her start to break down and immediately caves and he's like yeah all right. you can go with Hawk because like nobody can handle Yona being in distress and I love that for them. She has them all wrapped around her finger. So then he goes to tell the dragons to get up and run except plot twist they're not in the tent they're gone.
0: Yeah I put these stupid idiots are gonna go fight sick <laughs>
1: <laughs> I guess we'll see. Uh but yes knowing what we know about them probably (laughs) (laughs) and that's it for chapter
0: 98 exciting exciting Mm -hmm. to see or to read the next couple chapters get that big reveal that you've been promising but until then before well before i get into it do we have any comments
1: No, I think there was, like, one or two comments on each of them, but nothing super interesting.
0: Nothing so good as what's (laughs) happening now, (laughs) Irol.
1: I don't think anything
0: will top that. (laughs) (laughs) My goodness. Okay, so let's, it's time for What Would You Rather and Fuck, Mary Kill. I'm so excited. So, would you rather have a prophecy from Sue on a problem you need answered, or use of the water tribe seal, a.k.a. Uh, I can do whatever I want badge. Huh.
1: Mm. Do you want to answer first? I feel like I always answer these first.
0: Uh, sure. Um, I would take the prophecy from Iksu. One, because I don't want the water tribe, because I don't want to be the one having to make the decisions. mm I want somebody else making this. decision, so I don't need to be holding that water tribe seal. And two, you know me, I love spoilers. If I could spoil parts of my own life, I probably would. (laughs) So getting a prophecy from Iksu, which would be just vague enough that it would still probably be a surprise in the end. Anyway, that's when I wanted to go with,
1: See, that's the exact reason that I wouldn't go with Ixu's prophecy because I'm like, that's vague as shit. That's so useless. But at least with the water tribe seal, I could, like, I don't know, speed, <laughs> not have any consequences. <laughs> but I, I don't know what I would need to do with it, but I, if I could break a couple laws, then sure, why not? It's just like, you are the authority when you have it. Mm-hmm. So,
0: okay,
1: fun. Sorry, Iksu. I'll have tea with you. I just don't need to know your wisdom.
0: Okay. So, next, let's do a fuck, Mary kill. Um, since there are all three in this chapter, let's do I, I feel like I know what you'll do. <laughs> okay. But Gija, Jiha, and Suwan.
1: Oh. Okay. This one's easy. Obviously, I'm killing Giza. I'm not sorry about it. I would fuck Jiha because he would be good at it. Because (laughs) unlike Juno, he's interested in it and has clearly done it before. (laughs) And I would marry Suwon because he is a good leader. And I felt things when he said, are you ready, my generals? (laughs) And also, he is uh, in my head asexual. So he would never touch me, which is ideal. He would murder your father. <laughs> okay, but he hasn't yet, so <laughs> as long as they're not in the same room together, I think we're fine. Sorry to
0: Yona and her dad, but we're different.
1: <laughs> <laughs> be to King Eel, but my dad's different. <laughs> Listen, he's not a murderer for no reason. He had reasons, and it was only against one man. I don't know. Maybe he'll turn on me. But honestly, like, sure. Kill me. Why not? <laughs> okay. What would you do?
0: Well, I'm killing Suwan because I can't trust him. Also, he's probably asexual so he wouldn't want to touch me anyway. Yep. Fucking Jiha, because as you pointed out, he is a womanizer. He'd probably be really good at it. And I would marry Gija because Gija is very sweet and attentive and would cherish me okay and we would need somebody else to kill our bugs
1: yeah that's true you would never. you would have to move every time a bug came into your house because neither of you could handle it
0: alex alex was my bug killer when we lived together and one of the few times we, we only argued like three times and one of them was the time i wouldn't help her kill a wasp which as i texted her the other day karma got its kiss from me because motherfucking wasps started to build a nest on my balcony. Are they gone yet? And yeah, I still didn't deal with it myself. I called maintenance. I was ready to kill it. Like I was psyching myself up for it. I had the spray bottle. It's like, okay, you're gonna do this, you're gonna do this. And then a second one started flying around and I was like, Nope, that bitch is gonna attack me as soon as I kill the first one. Cause apparently when they die they like when they're attacked, they like let out signals to their buddies that they're being attacked. Mm-hmm. Or at least that's what I read when I was looking up how to safely kill wasp. And so I was like, nope, making maintenance do this. So he came in with his like heavy chemical wasp spray that sprays from 20 feet. He was like, yeah, you don't even have to go outside. Like you could stand from here and spray them, which he did. Uh, and he sprayed the other like start of a nest, which I hadn't even noticed. Hmm. Uh, he was like, yeah, this one looks old, but I don't want them coming back. Yeah, um, and they idea. haven't. And then I just didn't let the cats out for a few days because I didn't want them around chemicals but yes i do suffer every time i have to kill a bug because alex was was my champion in that era area because as we've discussed before
1: alex used to kill big ass centipedes so nothing's worse than that yeah although speaking of centipedes in tonga and and was in tonga the bees were very docile and they they looked like giant fucking yellow jackets but they were totally fine. The only time I got stung was I accidentally stepped on one once, but that was not my fault for walking barefoot. Oh, anyway, I didn't know you were stung in Tonga. What? So I didn't know you were stung in Tonga. Oh yeah, it was. It was barely a sting, and I was. I, it was funny because the the local nurse was there for like a, a mandatory checkup where they come and visit your house and make sure that like everything's kosher and you're not dying of mold poisoning or whatever. Mm-hmm. And the, so I, I went out to greet them, and I walked back in, and I was like, "I think I just stepped on a bee." And she was like, "Well, good thing I'm here." And she like helped oh. me put ointment on it. It's dumb. Anyway, we were—I was in class one day, and we were just sitting around. I don't know, waiting for class to begin or something like that. And one of the kids tapped me on the shoulder, and she said, "Alex, look!" And she pointed out to the corner, and there was a giant, like. The biggest nest I've ever seen in my life of just like a shit ton of bees. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's like straight out of a horror movie. A small child is like, look, with a big smile on her <laughs> face. It was just you. like terrifying thing. I don't know what happened to that, but I think I was like three months out from leaving, and I was like, I don't fucking care. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I do remember you saying they were oddly
0: docile because you said like that was like one of your fears being back is that you would just kind of swat at one without thinking because you got used to doing that in Tonga because they wouldn't attack you. Thankfully, that has not happened yet.
1: But yeah, it was funny that uh, we were in language class uh, in the first couple weeks that we were there. And our teacher was uh, there was like, there was one in the house, and there were four of us, like four Americans, learning the language. And so we were all kind of concerned about this giant bee in the house. And our language teacher. Yeah, I would not have been able to focus. I just
0: would have been like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. <laughs>
1: exactly that's what we were doing and she got tired of us not paying attention so she took a yardstick and she slapped at it and we all froze and like we were ready to bolt we were like oh my god it's gonna attack and then it just sort of like slowly made its way outside like oh i'm not welcome here anymore and we were like what the fuck is wrong with bees here and that's how we learned and that's how you learn but yeah um american wasps are not very nice so it's probably good that you got someone else to take care of it
0: apparently mud daubers aren't bad because i texted tony because for some reason i was like i bet you tony knows about bugs and he did and he was like what type of wasp is it send me a picture so i sent him a picture and he was like yeah that's a paper wasp you want to nip that in the bud he said if it was apparently mud daubers are docile as heck and i Right online and that's apparently true like you could destroy their home and they won't necessarily attack you even but yeah he's like yeah paper wasps are assholes and they also build social nests so (laughs) you'll want to get that taken care of and the second wasp did come out like as soon as the maintenance guy sprayed the first one he just sprayed it really fast and
1: maybe they were husband and wife and they were trying to make a home maybe
0: but don't do that fucking here (laughs) So
1: death terrible you don't (laughs) want love to win
0: and then there was another wasp that alighted on um the side mirror of the car next to mine yesterday Mm -hmm. when i was walking out because i needed to go somewhere and i just got in through the side door and like crawled over the console (laughs) to the driver's side because i was like
1: okay that's wild that's that's a a lot
0: i know i truly my fear of bugs is like a primal level of cannot deal (laughs)
1: But that can get better if you just deal with it. I do good to kill stink bugs.
0: And I still have to psych myself out about picking up their dead bodies. So yeah, Gijia and I would. The end of that tangent is yes, we we would need to have somebody designated to kill our bugs because he and I are going to be useless. It really should
1: be him. He's got a giant fucking hand. It should be, but he won't. You guys are going to have to call Hawk. Yeah. Well, you're gonna have to call Yona to make Hawk do it. Yeah. <laughs> Zeno might do it. Yeah, Zeno would pick it up in his hand. He'd be like a new friend. <laughs> Yoon would probably do it too, but he'd complain to us the entire time. Be like why can't Yun, you guys do this? Yoon would be me and tell you to do it yourself. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm not coming over to do that. Learn to do it yourself. It's not that hard. If Yoon was in the room, he would complain but do it. He would not come over for that.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. For some reason, I was picturing us all in the same camp still. But yes, oh, yeah. if we're not if we're not all in the same
1: place, then yeah. Gotcha. Okay, I was imagining post-canon, like everybody has their own lives. Mm-hmm. Except that's not going to happen because they're all going to move into the castle, and Hawk and Yona are going to be king and queen, and no one's going to split up because that's my least favorite thing about found family things that end. Yes. Like, oh, we all have our own lives now. That's
0: why I still haven't. I need to finish Castlevania, which is only four seasons. But the third season—that was the whole thing—is we had Alucard, and I forgot for some reason it's been so long I forgot the the lady and the dude's name that he travels with. But like that was the thing—they were all good together. Mm-hmm. And at the end of season two, they all split up, and I'm like, "Why?" And so like the third season is them all being apart. And it's clearly awful because, like, the, I've started the third season and it's literally like Alucard alone in his castle and he's actually made little dolls of his two friends. <laughs> and it's like, imagine him talking, and he was like, I'm going insane. <laughs> oh my God. That's so tragic. It's like, yes, he misses them and they left him all alone in the ca- Which, to be fair, I think they did it because it's like, you know, they killed Dracula or whatever. And it's like, okay, this is your castle now, you'll rebuild and everything. Mm-hmm. But no, he just wanted to stay with his friends. Mm-mm. And I've read what happens to him in this this season, which I think is widely regarded as the worst season of Castlevania. So I just haven't been able to complete it, even though it's fairly short.
1: That's fair. But
0: yeah. Don't split up the fucking found family.
1: Don't split them up. They are a found family. Don't lose them again.
0: That is our PSA uh, <laughs> for now. And I guess that's it. So come talk to us on social media. We are the Yonapod at gmail and on twitter and we are the yona podcast on tumblr Mm -hmm. and if you ever want to talk to us on twitter our individual twitters we are instead of writing without the a that's alex and i am witchy evan i'll probably start talking soon but i finally started spy family which alex (gasps) has been recommending to me for a million years and it is great and i love it right
1: also i'm really glad that you brought this up because in the sub yours boss that you only hear over the phone uh-huh. is voiced by the same guy that did jiha so connections that. but yeah i was online and somebody else in uh one of the discord servers that i'm in uh was like oh is that jiha's voice that i hear and i was like holy shit you picked it up real fast <laughs> yeah it is i
0: love that yeah so i've started that and i'm finally on my next life as a villainous which doesn't have any Yona voice actors that I know of, although Bryce Pappenbrook,
1: oh. another
0: voice actor that I've discussed on this podcast that I sent for, is the younger brother of the prince. He's probably, I'm, I'm only like three or four episodes in, but he's probably my favorite so far of the male love interests that are
1: available I only made it through three quarters of the way through the first episode and got so annoyed with. I already know everything that's going to happen because I've already read this book. Does that? Yeah, I know that's your whole thing.
0: Is like you don't like. Is it? Is isek- it? Is it Kai? I will never pre- That's the word. That yeah,
1: I mean, talking. I say but isekai, that genre, but I don't that's the know. whole
0: thing for you. Is yeah. like the whole thing is you're dropped into a new world and you're bumbling along, so you don't like when they're dropped into a video game they've already played or anything like that because you like the journey of them bumbling along
1: yeah i like them figuring things out and discovering things and i just think it lacks all tension for me if they're like well i already know how to react to this even if it's like well that didn't happen in the book or like oh no i've you know butterfly affected it and things are different now like i i don't know what it is it just lacks all narrative tension to me and it's boring uh does that get better because she's she knows the
0: outcomes but she doesn't she's bumbling her way through figuring out how to avoid those outcomes
1: okay so she still continues to be like i know this will eventually happen how do i do blah blah blah. well yeah it's
0: like she'll meet a new character and she's like oh shit another doom flag and then she like convenes with herself and it's like okay how do we fix this
1: okay Well I'm sorry (laughs) I won't be joining you on that one because I hate that but um, I hope you enjoy it and I'm glad you're watching Spy Family that's so exciting. It's really great
0: Um, it probably won't come out fast enough for me so I'll probably join you on the manga as well.
1: You should the manga's good the anime honestly is like on par or better because the voice actor's really hit it out of the bark you're so really funny. great
0: and then I've, i mean, i've seen people online discuss it's like oh this is even better animated like
1: mm-hmm. personally the uh the entrance interview episode was so much better animated than in the manga it's one of my mm-hmm. least favorite sections and i think it's really boring in the manga and watching it animated was awesome it's so hilarious oh my
0: god the housemaster freaking the fuck out about how elegant they were mm-hmm. was cracking me <laughs>
1: Such elegant! That's the kind of thing that, like, the voice actor really handles it well because he can do his voice differently every time, but in a manga panel, it's just the same every time. And that gag is one of the ones that, like, got old pretty quickly. So, yeah. It was nice to see animated.
0: But, yeah, sorry, we're trying to. Well, Alex and I are geeking out about anime and manga, but oh, yeah. as always, come find us.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Also, Rate
1: and review us wherever you get
0: your podcasts.
1: Okay. Well, then we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.